today we have quite a thriving scene of close to 200 wow. active social enterprises. And what has been quite good is that there has been also, I guess, good recognition from the government side of things. And the COVID really helped to accelerate the importance and appreciation of it. So right now, what we're seeing is the government is honestly, from a policy perspective. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 223 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Rashvin Pal Singh. Rashvin is the group CEO of the Biji Biji Initiative, one of Malaysia's pioneering and award-winning social enterprises that champions sustainability. Biji Biji Initiative comprises of subsidiaries across a few industries, such as ethical fashion and circular economy solutions. And their latest venture, Mereka, is an innovative and alternative education model designed to build 21st century talents. In 2019, Rashvin was selected as an Obama leader for the Asia-Pacific cohort. In 2019, Biji Biji also won the Common Objective Leadership Award in the UK, and in 2018, they were recognised as the Social Enterprise of the Year at the Sustainable Business Awards. Biji Biji also won the SME Innovation Challenge by Alliance Bank in 2015, the first and only impact-driven business to win. Rashvin graduated with an accounting and finance degree from Bristol Business School, and he spent four years of his early career in the corporate world as a manager at the advisory division of PwC Malaysia. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Rashvin's insights into the social enterprise movement in Malaysia. We'll talk about opportunities that Rashvin has identified to move towards the circular economy, and we'll discuss how Malaysia's social enterprises have been responding to COVID-19. So Rashvin, as always, an absolute pleasure to be talking to you. Thanks very much for joining us. Hey, Tom. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me. And yes, excited to have this podcast. It absolutely is. So to kick things off then, Rashmin, can you please share a little bit about your background and what led to your passion in social enterprise and the circular economy? Okay, so Tom, you've done a really good job introducing and you've been very kind with your words. But just, I think, really the jump for me was so I, typical accounting and finance person, right? So as, as a younger person, as a kid, I think I was super intrigued by just stock markets and very financial driven. Yes. And I would never have guessed I would make this leap. However, I think a couple of years in the corporate world, I think really gave me that breadth of view. Mm. And I think what I saw firsthand, Tom, was I, I experienced firsthand that how we have all the access to all the capital in the world, yeah. all the technology in the world, and all the talent, right? to solve any of these pressing challenges. Mm. And what hit me really was that the only thing lacking was human or individual will. Mm. And then I said, hey, you know what? If I'm not part of the problem, not part of the solution, then technically I'm part of the problem. Yes. So yeah, that made that leap. Wow. 
And that's really, you know, led into a lot of the work you've done post the work you did in finance, right? Because you group CEO at the Busy Busy Initiative mm. now. So tell us a little bit more about this organization's purpose and the sort of work that you guys are doing. Right. So when we started BGBG, Tom, it was 2013 in Malaysia. And I think at that point, there was very little movement about sustainability, but from a creative sense and from an innovative sense, it was very much from an environmental conservation perspective. Yeah. So being more urban-based and we decided to set up something which first would look at circular economy from the perspective of how we could repurpose and reuse materials, putting mm. it back into, but you know, focusing on the creative aspect of it because that really brings out the best in talent and in minds. Yes. And I think down the road, we've gone to launch a few set of different products. And then as we were doing the products, we recognized that there was a lower layer that people needed access to education and mm. tools to empower their own ideas. And hence, we set up the education arm as well. Wow. And so tell us a little bit more about that education arm at the moment. What's happening there? So Mareka, interestingly, in Malay, has two meanings. First meaning is they or them yep. in reference to a people. And then also means the act of creating. So those two things combine, combine mm. quite nicely together. Yes. And then I think what happens is we run two physical spaces. So we've got a 12,000 square feet makerspace in KL. We do another one with a public and private university. And as well as what we do now is we're running a series of online classes and platforms yeah. to connect people so that they get access to the tools they need to solve their own problems. Mm. Wonderful. It sounds absolutely fantastic, Rashmin. So it's a lot of the maker culture stuff, Tom, like maker creating, right? And yes. yeah, experimenting. And I imagine... Obviously, with COVID-19, you know, we're talking of in August of 2020 at the moment, and there's obviously been huge changes this year, particularly when you're talking about operating a makerspace or, or education. I, I can imagine, you know, how you've had to probably pivot really quite quickly there. But I'm keen to hear, Rashveen, about your observations of the broader social enterprise movement in Malaysia. Like, what are you, what are you seeing? How has that transformed and changed recently, and where do you see it going? Okay, so that's a really interesting view to have, right? So I think back in 2013 when we started, honestly, it was a non-existent concept or a very, very vague in the moment. And yeah. then I think two years later, it started growing. So if I would say back seven, eight years ago, there was probably about a handful, less than 10 social enterprises. Mm. Today, we have quite a thriving scene of close to 200 wow. active social enterprises. And what has been quite good is that there has been also, I guess, good recognition from the government side of things. And the COVID really helped to accelerate the importance and appreciation of it. So right now, what we're seeing is the government is honestly, from a policy perspective, introducing social entrepreneurship into various different facets, mm -hmm. from youth entrepreneurship, even into like IR 4.0, how technology and innovation can mix. Mm. And what's very exciting is we just they just have launched an official accreditation that will lead to tax exemptions. So that's quite big um, wow. in the movement. That's big news there. So given that there's been all these added impacts of COVID-19 then, where do you see further gaps? Because you spoke about what sounds like a great opportunity there. But where do you see these gaps and opportunities then for social entrepreneurs in Malaysia? So I guess the biggest opportunities that really lie, I'll start with that first, is there is a whole different perspective in people's minds of how things should be done, mm. right? And I think a lot of social entrepreneurs are tapping into that newer conscience yes. of people want to see businesses playing an active part in societal building. So 
I think right now the concept really resonates and people are looking for SE concepts in everything, right? Everything from food delivery apps, even in education units, even yeah, in food, pack, a variety of different spectrums. Yes. But the gaps, honestly, bro, like I think what happens is most SEs, I, I still see this as that fail to pinpoint the exact business model mm-hmm. and I think tends to hop between whatever the community or the current trends are needing rather than having a solid business model and then going to market. Yeah. So it's still, I think, an entrepreneurial problem, but the heart is always there. So what can we do then to help upskill and provide that sort of capacity building for those that you believe perhaps should have stronger skills in understanding business and and running sustainable social enterprises? Oh man, this is, has to be the holy grail to be cracked, right? Because, I mean, let's be honest, running a regular business by itself is tough. Yes. So having add-on all these different layers of value gives it even more complexity. Mm. But honestly, dude, like if I would just share from my experience, the one thing that I would do differently is that I would honestly have listened to a few mentors a little bit more <laughs> rather than just, <laughs> you know, like honestly, dude, like early on, seek out that person who's four or five years your senior, I mean, in the space, because it really just saves you that um, heaps of time and mistakes. Oh, such good advice. So Rashvin, look, you're a speaker at this year's Social Enterprise World Forum, and it's the first year that the forum is going fully online. There are going to be over 3,500 entrepreneurs expected to attend. So I'm keen to hear what you're most looking forward to about this year's SCWF Digital. I mean, to begin, Tom, this is exciting. So we were both there at Ethiopia last year, and it was an amazing feeling. That vibe is irreplaceable. But I'm honestly excited because digital means so much more inclusivity. Yeah. I mean, at least from the the, the context of many more people can join who can't afford it, right? Yeah. So I just see a huge amount of diversity in the content, and I love the way they've done it. They've they've done it by different time zones, so you've got different region-specific topics. So I think it's going to be probably the most diverse SEWF. I certainly agree, and I can't wait. So 21st to 25th of <laughs> September, if our audience are listening, jump on impactboom.org and you'll find a link through to SEWF Digital in this article itself. So Rashvin, inspiring projects or initiatives, I'm sure you've come across a whole bunch operating in, in Malaysia or even globally. Which ones do you want to point out that you believe are creating some great positive social change? Yeah, so I'd go on two sides. I mean, the one that I've really been impressed with is a group of local designers who've come up with open source technology for coming up with low-cost ventilators, mm, right? right? So what, what I loved was seeing... So that was a culmination of the 3D printing community, the design community coming together. And I've seen some really good low-scale, low-cost, high-impact technology coming up. Wow. But even in the education space, so what's been happening is, you know, with everything going digital, there's clear cracks in the internet access divide. Yeah. And I've seen some friends in the Philippines who started running classes through SMS. Mm, So again, very people using very low cost tech to solve problems. And I think that is really pushing the boundaries of innovation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really understanding place as well, right? Yeah. So... Rashvin, we're, uh, we're coming to an end. I wish we could speak all day. I think to wrap up, it'd be nice to hear a few books or resources or podcasts or blogs that, that you'd really recommend to our listeners. Yep. So I've been spending a bit of time reading this book by Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. It's on yep. the art of negotiation. And you know, when you're in business, you're always dealing with a variety of different spectrums. 
So that's one. Honestly, dude, I'm also reading The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is my fiction book. To, <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, it's good to tune out. Get get off the, the non-fiction business-focused book sometimes, right? Mate, it really helps, you know, like it kind of takes you to a different space. But I've just been spending a lot of time basically on FutureLearn and FutureLearn has been a really good source for me to access different content, especially very much lifelong learning style. So yes, yeah, that's been my sources of knowledge. And tell us, because I know on that note, and I haven't included in this interview, but it's coming in here now. I know that you've just had a collaboration to develop a new MOOC there. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yes, thank you, buddy. So it's with another partner living in Minka, which is Andreas from Colombia and Spain. And Absolute legend who yeah. oh, can also be found on the podcast. Exactly. So yeah, I'm, oh, that's cool. So you can get check him out. So we've worked on this together. It's more on social innovation, especially in sustainable solutions, covering everything from ideation part the different models to apply technologies to use so check it out wonderful excellent well rashman it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today we'll certainly look forward to seeing you at sewf digital this year thanks so much for your really generous insights and time and we'll look forward to tracking your journey thank you very much buddy and look forward to everybody at sewf digital this year see you there Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.